Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I'm not going to speak for a long time tonight because I do want to kind of follow suit with uh, what Pastor Greg did last Sunday night and spend some time praying and even spend some time praising uh, for what God is doing in our nation and what he is doing in our land. Amen. Because he is doing some things. Hallelujah. And I don't know what the news reports are saying because I'm not looking at them. I don't care what the news reports say because that's not where I get my, my truth. That's not where I get the answers. That's not where I get what God is saying is not typically in the news. Amen. Not that God could never use the news to declare what he's saying. He could. Amen. He used a donkey. <laughs> you know, he uses me. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, God can use anything, but uh, typically, right? And so my, my attention's not on those things, but I am tuned into what the Spirit of God is saying. And I am tuned into... Um, what our pastors are saying and what, what uh, trusted voices in the body of Christ are saying. Amen. And so we need to latch hold of those. You know, um, Brother Doug, uh, as Pastor pointed out last Sunday night, got into the spirit of, uh, of prophecy and prophesied a few things. And one thing he said that just went off on the inside of me was that our church is on the front lines. And I don't know if you heard that like I heard it, but when he said that, that went off like a, like a rocket in me because that's something that, that, that seems to be so apparent that God, you know, have you ever, have you ever understood, like been, uh, thinking about what God's asking us to do and, and there's a weightiness to it, you know, with just, I don't know about you, but there's a weightiness to, to come into church here and being a part of this body, right? There's a weightiness. You can't just be casual and, and have the heart of what's going on here, right? Because there's a weightiness to it. Well, why is that? You know, many times I ask God, what, what, what is that? Well, the reason that is, is because we're on, God has asked us to be on the front lines of some areas that he hasn't necessarily asked other bodies to be. And that's okay because he's got a different plan and purpose for, for different bodies, right? So we don't snub our nose and look down on some other body and say, well, they're not doing what we're doing, so they must not be as good as us. No, we, that's not the, the attitude at all. But what we do do, what we do do, oh, don't say that. Uh, what, we, what we are supposed to do, you know what? COVID has been happening, and I haven't been in the pulpit, I think, since February. So y'all just bear with me. Say Say grace. Stretch your hands to say grace. Thank you. Amen. Thank doo-doo. Everyone just, I count it all as doo-doo, like Paul said. Um, so, uh, you know, anyway, praise the Lord. But what we need to do, hey, is take, take uh, account of what, what God has asked us to accomplish what he's asked us to do, amen, and part of that is be on the front lines in the prayer ministry of the church, not, not of the church, Impact Family Church, but of the church, the body of Christ. God has asked Impact Family Church to hold the line. How many of you know that when, when there's a battle, when there's a war, that you, you send some soldiers to the front line, and, and some things are required of the soldiers that hit the beach first that aren't necessarily required of the ones coming later, right? Right? Well, God has asked Impact Family Church to get on the beach first. 
And so you can't just be casual about being, being on the front lines. You can't afford to be complacent, as the Spirit of God said last, last week. Uh, we can't afford to be complacent or get comfortable. Yeah, amen. You know, it was like when we, when we went to one Sunday morning only, you know, and we were, we were uh, over, church was over by 10 or something, 1030, and we were home in the pool by one. Amen. And with nothing else to do, you know, it was like, oh, okay, I kind of see what this is about. Praise the Lord. But Rachel and I both reminded ourselves, don't get comfortable. You know who pastor is. And he's not going to let us settle into this. Right? We reminded ourselves, this is nice. Enjoy it while it lasts. But don't get comfortable. Because you can get comfortable with some things, amen, in the flesh that aren't what the Spirit of God is saying. But because it's so comfortable... Because it's so comfortable, it feels nice to the flesh, and you can say, okay, I think I want to settle here, right? I want to settle here, but God's not saying, thus says the Lord, I'm coming soon, settle. Have you ever heard a prophecy like that? Thus says the Lord, just relax, I'm on my way. No, the Spirit of God's never saying stuff like that. He's always saying, gird up your loins, like he said to us this morning. Gird up your loins, strengthen yourself. Don't let the Word of God slip. Why is he saying that? Because he doesn't want you to get complacent because what's happening in the world is a lulling to sleep. And if you're not careful, the church will get lulled to sleep and forget that you're on the front lines. I don't know about you, but if you're a soldier on the front lines, you better not be asleep. You better be awake. You better be attentive. You better be in tuned to what the general has said and the plans that the general has laid out so that you can follow them to the T so that you can accomplish the, the mission that was, you were sent on. Say, I got a mission. I've got a mission. Hallelujah. And, and my mission is tied to the mission of the body that I've been called, the local body I've been called to, Right? So your mission, your mission, God's got things for you to do. He's got things for you to do at your workplace and in your family and, and, and all those things. And those are vital and important. But tied with those things are the mission you're called to, to accomplish here as well. Tied together. Tied together. They're not separate. You don't, you don't do your, your mission over here and then you do your mission over here and then that's over. And then you, no, that's not how it works. When you're a soldier, you're just on the mission, Right? You're just accomplishing the things that are laid out for you. And so I'm stirred about what God is doing, and I'm stirred about what he's saying. And I want to just stir you for a few minutes uh, uh, towards prayer because I believe that God is, is not only stirring this house, but he's stirring the body of Christ in a place of prayer. But like Pastor said this morning, if we only get out of it a political, a political thing, then we miss the mark. I heard one minister say, if, if we don't also add to this the prayer for revival and we just get our answers politically that we're praying for, that the church will be worse off than we were when we went into this thing. And I believe that. We can't just shift. Because, see, God, we're not, just, we're not part of a, a, of a party. We're part of a kingdom. And, see, we, God will use parties to get his job done. But that's not where our allegiance is. That's not where our trust is. That's not where our faith is, right? Our faith is in the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Let it be a king, let, king Jesus. Let it be a sweet sound unto you. Because you're the one I'm here to serve. You're the one that I'm looking to. You're the one that I'm listening out for. You're the one 
one that I'm following after. You're the one that I'm linked to. You're the one that I'm yoked to, and your yoke is easy, and your burden is light, and I'm watching how you're going to do it, and I'm following along with you because I know you've got the plan, and you've got the way, and when I don't see a way, I just stay yoked to you, glory to God, and where you go, I go, and I walk out the victory, and I walk out the freedom, and I walk out the blessing, and I walk out full of joy. Let it be a sweet sound. I want the voice of my mouth to be a sweet sound in his ears in this hour. Hallelujah. That's part of our mission. Pastor prophesied this morning at the end of service, and it's on the recording. If you, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. But he said, a great door has been opened. Come on. When, when the Spirit of God says a great door has been opened, what? Tune in, right? A door of opportunity but also a door of urgency. It's a door of opportunity, but it's also a door of urgency. That means we don't have time to just sit back and see what God might do. Hallelujah. We don't have time to sit back and and get comfortable or get, see, the Spirit of God is saying some things, right? And he says, uh, he said that it was a door of opportunity, a door of urgency. And he said this, that I just love. It says, uh, we can see the glory of God poured out again, the grace of God poured out again in the United States. See, that's what the Father is after. That's what the Father is after. He wants the glory of God to invade the United States of America the way that he wants it to once again. He wants his grace to flood the shores of America and overtake this nation, glory to God, like it has in times past, and even more so, I believe, glory to God. And that's what the Father is after. That's why he's stirring us to pray, because it's not about, I want just this political thing to shit. No, that's not what he's after. Now, that might be a, a, a means to the end, but... That's That's not the point. He's looking to get the glory of God to flood this. He's getting hearts open so that the glory of God can be poured out like he wants to. Glory to God. He's trying to get us ready. What have we been praying about? Get ready for the church to get ready for the body of Christ to get ready. Come on. Some things you can't just take on. You got to get ready. Some see, you can get a new car and you don't have to really get ready for that. You can go down the dealership, sign the paper, drive it away. You got a new car. Praise the Lord. You don't have to get ready for that. But how you know when a baby's coming, you got to get ready. There's something different about a blessing of a car and the blessing of a baby. There's something different because you have to prepare for one. The other's just a side blessing. But, but children are a real blessing. You have to get ready for it. You have to prepare. You have to shift the way you're doing things. You can't just do the things you were doing uh, uh, before children, uh, after children, right? Especially us guys, sometimes we, we think, oh, well, we can just keep on do, doing our thing, you know. And mama's like, no, I need some help with this baby. And all of a sudden you have to mature and say, whoa. I've got a baby now. I, these prepara- I wasn't just painting a room. That wasn't the end of my preparation. Straight putting together a, a, a changing table wasn't the end of my preparation. There's some preparation and some maintaining that has to take place when you get a real blessing. 
And so we're praying for these things, but, but we've got to get ready. And, and how, how much more, amen, is he asking those on the front lines to be ready and stay ready? I like what one, one uh, uh, song says is, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Right? Come on, if, you, if I stay in shape, then when I go out to play soccer with the guys, I'm not, ooh, ah, ee, ah. But, you know, if you're not staying ready, you go out and do something, some sporting event, or you, or you run a, what are those ridiculous things you do? Blood race? Mud race. Mud run. Something. Blood, blood and guts and tears. And he's always like, hey, you want to come do this with me? And I'm like, no, I rebuke you. And because I'm not ready for that kind of thing. And I know if I go out there on a Saturday and I run six miles and climb the, the ropes and do the things, I'll be up here on Sunday morning going, let's have a quiet time of worship. And pastor will be like, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's your flesh. That wasn't ready. Right? So we got to be ready. But, but if we stay ready, see, we're on the front lines. We can't afford to go to go, be cold and then jump in the game. We got to stay ready. Amen. Um, the, the beginning of this kind of uh, summertime, you know, I was pray, praying just about the COVID and the, all the different things that were going on, just praying for the nation. I woke up one morning and the spirit of God just spoke really strong to my heart, you know, as I woke up. And he said that spiritual lines have been drawn in this season and those that know their authority in Christ must pray and defend them. Things, spiritual lines have been drawn in this season. And those that know their authority, see, why are we on the front lines? Because we know some things about authority that we've been taught. See, not to, not to, to glorify man, but Brother Hagen had a mission on his life. And he had a call in his life. He had a mandate to, to not only teach people faith, but how many remember, um, I think it's in the triumphant church, the vision of the, of the, the dark frog-like creatures that, that came against America. Do you all remember that vision? I know pastors read in times past if you've read the book. And, and the Spirit of God dealt with, with Brother Hagin about standing against the forces of darkness that were coming against our nation. Well, why is that? Why does the enemy want to come against the, the United States of America? Is it because he doesn't like how prosperous we are? No. Is it because he doesn't like, uh, uh, you know, the, th- the way we do things? Not really. The reason the enemy is after the United States is back to that purpose that we talked about before. It's because it's, it's, if he can stop the United States of America from yielding to the things of God, then he can stop a force in the world of getting the gospel out and funding the gospel. He, he's not after the United States of America as a nation so, so, so much as he's after what the church is doing in the United States. And when spiritual lines are drawn and things have to be defended, who is going to be the one that defends defends it? The ones who have learned how to stand against the enemy. The ones who have learned how to, to pray with authority. The ones who know how to get over in the spirit and make supplication and intercession, right? That God, who's God going to call on? He's going to call on the ones who know and, and have been there, right? Well, Brother Hagen had a mandate on his life. I, I want to read just a couple of things from this, from, this, uh, from this experience he had. He said, it, um, 
the first strategy, this is what the Spirit of God said to Brother Hagin. It said, the first strategy of Satan would be riots and disturbances. Is, does that make sense for today? Riot, the first strategy of Satan would be riots and disturbances. Then it says the second would be political upheaval. And the third would be problems in the economic sector of our nation. These evil strategies from the enemy, say from the enemy, from the enemy, like Pastor Greg said last week, not because of man. Man isn't our enemy. The enemy is our enemy. And he said, these, these evil strategies from the enemy don't arise from the Christian population. They come from the masses of those walking in darkness. Why? Because sinners are held bondage and dominated by the devil in the kingdom of darkness. Why are these things happening? It's because people are held under the sway. They're in darkness. They have blinders on. They don't want, they don't, they're not uh, uh, coming up with these plans. They're not trying to, to destroy the United States. of America. No, it's, it's the darkness and the bondage that they're under and they're slaves to darkness like we all once were. Anybody ever remember some times where you were held slave to something you didn't even want to really do, but you found yourself doing it because the, because you were yielding to darkness or because you weren't born again and you were just ate up with darkness. Don't look so innocent. Rachel's like, not me. No, um, no, we've all been there. And, and, um, so once again, you know, our, our, uh, uh, enemy is Satan. It's not the people that, that we run into. It's not the people we see on the news. It's not even the people that are destroying things. That's not our enemy, though it looks like that's our enemy. They're held in bondage to darkness. And then uh, he wraps this, this experience up, and I just want to read this part. Once again, Christians can stop all three of these strategies of the devil against this nation. Aren't you glad we can stop them? Not we and of ourselves, but our trust in the Father, hallelujah, obeying what the Spirit of God is leading us to do. We can stop all three of these strategies. Amen. Say, I can, because God's using me. Once again, Christians can stop all three of these strategies of the devil against the nation. They can stop the upheaval through riots, tumults, and disturbances in the social structure. They can stop the upheaval and the activity of the devil in the political scene of their nation. And they can stop the devil from disrupting the financial scene of the nation. Isn't that awesome? No matter what the enemy looks like he's doing, no matter how crazy it looks, the, the father ha, sent the Lord to tell Brother Hagin that we can stop all these things. We can stop all these things. And how do we do it? Well, we do it by the things we, we have already been doing. Um, I want to just po- point out a few things. Uh, number one, love is a key to authority. Turn over to uh, Matthew chapter 5 real quick. We know that, that faith works by love, right? Chapter 5, and let's turn over to uh, verse 43. And this is Jesus talking. And he said, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, Pray for those, say pray, for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Why? 
Because it's a neat thing to do. No, because of this, verse 45, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends the rain on the just and the unjust. See, Jesus has given us a key to breaking through those that are being used by darkness. Amen. This is pretty cool because this, I believe this is, this is a secret weapon to, to breaking through people that are bound in darkness and destroying their own lives and destroying other things because they're bound. But God's, God said through the Lord Jesus, he said, this is what you're supposed to do to those that look like your enemy. Right? Bless those who curse you. You know, I looked up that word bless. Because God really highlighted that to me. And, and the, the, the Greek there is to speak well of, to bless, to celebrate with praises. That's a tall order sometimes. <laughs> to celebrate with praises, to invoke blessing. But this is what I really like, to consecrate a thing with solemn prayers. Now think about that. To bless your enemy means to consecrate them unto God with your prayers. What if we began to declare the blessing of the Lord? We begin to declare consecration to those that are under the sway of the enemy. We, it's like what Pastor was saying this morning. It, we're not just here to get a, get a political change. It's after people. God is after people. He wants to see them change. He wants to see them go. What is, what is our vision? To help people come from darkness unto light, from the kingdom of darkness unto the... That's part, this prayer assignment is not just an ambiguous prayer assignment. It's part of the vision and part of the assignment God has given us as a church. And we're opening up our hearts, and God is beginning to speak to us. I can't wait to hear the next parts of what Pastor is going to preach on because I know it's going to it's going to help highlight this part of this prayer prayer assignment but but the thing is is that if we begin to declare and to 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 invoke a, a blessing to pronounce a, a consecratory blessing on that's what this word means to celebrate with praises what if we begin to praise the Lord for for those that that look like they're they're tearing things up what if we begin to say Lord I know that they're not too far gone they're not unredeemed just because they're, they look like they're under the sway of darkness, you have made a way to bring them out of darkness and into light. Glory to God. You've created an, an atmosphere, and we declare the presence of the Lord. We declare the blinders coming off. We praise you, Lord, that, that no matter what party they're affiliated with, no matter what uh, uh, under what banner they're, they're holding their flag for, we declare that they are they're, are, are, are part of the harvest that belongs to our God. Come on, that looks different than, well, those old dirty dogs. I'm preaching to myself. Amen. We've all been there, right? You know, do we want our media blessed? Right? Anybody besides me ever complained about the media? I was praying about this this week, and the Lord said, you're eating the fruits of your complaints about the media. I said, that can't be the Holy Ghost. But what is he saying? He was correcting me because I probably, if I had to look at the scales, have spent more time complaining about the media than praying for the media, blessing the media, doing right. Because it's easy to do. Those old dirty dogs, they're trying to ruin our nation, you know. 
And though that might be true, aren't you thankful we've got a greater truth? Amen. I just believe that the word of God is true, is more real, more true than anything that we are facing, than anything that we see, than anything that comes against us. And if the, if Jesus said you can bless your enemies, you can actually, you can actually bless those who curse you. You can, you can pray for those who are spitefully using you and persecuting you. Woo. Is he doing, does he want us to do that just because he wants us exercising good spiritual, uh, uh, exercises? Or is there, or does he believe that if we do that, things will shift and things will change? Because later in verse, verse seven, he says, he says, pray like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Amen. So, okay. No one's loving this one too much. So we'll move to the next one. No, but, you know, in Deuteronomy, the, the, the Lord said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you, that you and your descendants may live. Then verse, uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty one, he says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. This is the scripture he told, me, he told me when he said that I was eating the fruits of my complaints. He said, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Amen. Well, I'm talking about me. Y'all don't have to look at me like I'm, I'm, pre, I'm just talking about you. I'm talking about me tonight. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, point number two, watch out for unforgiveness. Let's turn over to Mark chapter 11. I'm just trying to stir you up about what will make our prayers effective. Sometimes we got to make adjustments. We got to get ready. Say, get ready. If we want to be used in a greater fashion, we got to make some adjustments, right? Hallelujah. It says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. But verse 25, and wherever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, anything against anyone, would that include the Republicans? Would that include the Democrats? Would that include the media? Would that include President Bush? Would that include Obama? Would that include, right? If you have anything, I believe that there might be an, an opportunity to hold unforgiveness that the enemy's tricking us into reducing our effectiveness in prayer where the political scene is concerned because we have ought against parties, we have ought against particular people, and we could just, forgiveness takes this long, right? Adjustments like that take this long. I forgive this. I forgive that. And boom, all of a sudden, you have full access for God to hear our prayers and answer them. Woo, hallelujah. So these are just some things the Lord pointed out to me. Watch out for unforgiveness, because if we have unforgiveness, then it hinders our prayers. We don't, we can't afford to have our prayers hindered in this season. 
So we want to we want to examine, Lord, is there anything that's hindering our prayers? Because we want to make sure we're we're on the front lines. We can't afford to have to to have a, a part of our armor missing, right? We're on the front lines, so this is important. Um, number three, remember we're praying from the side of victory. This is something I constantly remind myself, especially when we're up against something that seems big in the natural. We're not praying from the side of a battle trying to push things through. We're praying from heaven down. Your will that is so in heaven come down to earth. We're praying from the right hand of the Father. We're praying from a place of being joint heirs with Jesus. We're praying from the place of it already being accomplished in the realm of the Spirit. So we're in a a win-win battle. And so we have to remind ourselves that we're praying from the side of victory. Let's look over to Colossians chapter 2. Did you read this last week, Pastor Greg? Colossians chapter 2. I don't know if I'm stealing this from Pastor Greg or not, but in any way it bears repeating. Amen? Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. In him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism... I love this because he builds up our identity right before he, he talks about what Jesus did. It buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. That's me. Glory to God. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, and then this is the part I want to get to, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Glory to God. This is what Jesus has already accomplished. This isn't something that we're having to do. This is something Jesus already did. We're enforcing, like Pastor said this morning, we're just getting the opportunity to to keep our foot on the neck of the enemy and say, not here, devil, not here in our nation. I don't care that, 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 that you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. We're not allowing that because spiritual lines have been drawn and we're not backing off of these lines. Come on, toe the line. Toe the line. Come on, toe the line. If there's a line that's been drawn, if the Lord's saying this is the line, we're not backing off of this. Glory to God. That's what the general has said. Amen. Take the shield of faith. That's able to, to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. Have you ever watched like old uh, shows where about like the, the Spartans and they had the shields and they would, they would get one. Come up here, Pastor Greg. I'm not going to ram him. I'm gonna, he's going to be on my team. <laughs> and they would stand shoulder to shoulder with their shields together. And their shields were not just def- defensive. They used their, see, back in the day, they used their shield for, for an offensive weapon as well. In fact, it was easier a lot of times to use that shield to push things back, and then they could reach their sword over. Yeah. But shoulder to shoulder, yeah, you can guess it now. Thank you. Give them a hand, everybody. Oh, praise the Lord. Shoulder to shoulder using the shield. See, the, the enemy, he wants, he wants this line, but we've got the shield of faith. It's part of our mandate. It's like Brother Mark was saying, we're a faith church. That's not just a moniker. That's an equipping. 
I'll say that again. That's not just a moniker. That's not a spiritual label that describes what we do different than another church. It's an equipping that God has so preciously put in our hands for such a time as this. It's the reason God made this couple come from the city of Jacksonville out to a podunk group of people in Fort White. Right? There was a, that he sent them for a reason. What was the reason? Because there was a quipping that a group of people needed to have right here in High Springs that could be on the front lines. He knew you would be here, and he sent someone with an equipping. Come on, I'm just trying to stir you. It's 740, so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move along here. But we're praying from the, from the side of victory. We're not praying from the side of fear. Oh, we got to pray this through or else. No, that's motivation from fear. We're praying this through because God's given us an assignment and we know the victory's ours. There's a difference. We're not praying from fear. You know, I'm, I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but over in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 8, you know the story. Um, Elisha was, was, uh, was still sleeping and, the, the, you know, the, the king was... Elisha kept saying what was going on in the king's like secret chambers and all his plans were getting exposed and he kept ruining his plans, ruining his plans. And the king had had enough, you know. He's like, we got a rat somewhere in here. And they're like, no, there's no rat. Elisha the prophet knows what's going on by the spirit of God. And he's like, all right, well, let's find him and and let's let's take him out, right? And um, just typical enemy stuff. There's a church over there that keeps ruining my plans Um, that's the shield, by the way. Uh, the, um, and so, the, you know, he kept saying what was going on with the, with, with the enemy's plans. So he sent, sent a, an, a horde of army, a, a big army to come and take Elisha out. You, you know you're bad to the bone when someone sends a whole army to take one person out. And he sends, he sends the army and, and his servant gets up, you know, he's doing his thing, trying to get the coffee going for the man of God and whatnot. And, and, and he goes outside and because every man of God, you know, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but because coffee helps the spirit of, no, I'm just kidding. Um, that's false doctrine. Um, the, uh, but, but so he goes outside and he sees, oh, no, we're surrounded and there's chariots, and there's, there's horses, and this, is, this ain't good. And so he goes and he wakes up Elisha. He's like, Elisha, Elisha, we're surrounded. From what I can tell in the story, Elisha doesn't even go out to look. He doesn't, he doesn't even bother to, like, wipe the sleepies out of his eyes. He just says, listen, buddy, there's more with us than there are with them. And then he prays this simple prayer. I think it, I, this is my take, but I believe that Elisha wasn't having a vision. He didn't, this was just something he knew in his spirit. Just a simple truth that he had, he had latched hold of. There's more with us than there are with them. And he asked, Lord, to help this guy. Say, help me, Lord. <laughs> help this guy realize there's more with us and open his eyes. So he goes out and looks and surrounded all around this this puny army compared to what was really with them was an army full of fire and chariots. I don't I don't know what that looks like, 
But I can guarantee that regular chariots with regular old humans looks nothing in comparison to fiery chariots with angels aboard. Let me just let you know something. When the enemy took, uh, tried to take over and got kicked out, he only took one-third of the angels with him. So even if Jesus hadn't spoiled principalities and stripped them of their power and paraded them openly, we would still have them outnumbered two to one. But Jesus already defeated all of these enemies, stripped them of their power and authority, made an open show of them, and we still have two-thirds of the angels backing us up in everything that we declare and everything that we speak and everything that we release that's according to the will of God. We've got this thing on lock, y'all. We're not trying to win the victory. We're not trying to pray in the victory. We are enforcing a victory that our king has declared and has accomplished and has set forth. When we go to pray, we're not trying to get this done. We are releasing a kingdom reality into this earth. And we've got the firepower to back it up. We're praying from the side of victory. One more. Praise is a weapon. Pastor mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Um, turn over to Second Chronicles. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a numbers guy. Like, I don't, you know, how uh, people are all big into into numbers and things and they think oh this is you know this number and that number and it's all cool and everything I, I don't get into that um but I was praying about Lord how do how do I approach this you know what give me some scripture to stand on and he spoke to my heart believe the prophets and prosper well, I knew that was a scripture he wasn't just telling me something so I looked it up and it was second chronicles twenty twenty and I was like, ooh, I'm going to get my Joe Morris on and, and, and be Second Chronicles 2020. <laughs> I, I know, it, it probably doesn't mean anything, but it was neat. Uh, let, let's, let, you know the story. Jehoshaphat, he's not up, up against just one army. He's got the Ammon. Uh, he's got the Moab. He's got Mount Seir. They're all coming against him. The, uh, the first verse says, Moab with, with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites. So there's like, a, I guess, another crew of people that didn't even have a name that were also. Anyone ever felt like we're, that's where we're at sometimes? Well, these people are against us. Those people are against us. These people are against us. Well, the enemy can, can mount as many people as he wants because we have, we have secret weapons. Amen. And it said, uh, go over to verse 20. It says, so they rose early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tekoa. Tekoa. And as they went out, uh, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Come on, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his, his prophets, and you shall prosper. Amen. What has the Spirit of God been saying through the men of God? Believe those things. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says in verse uh, 21, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Amen. That's my favorite part right there. 
should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say that. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy. Man, can you feel the power of God right there? Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Glory to God. And it says, now when they began to sing and to praise, and the Lord began to set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, and he who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. They were defeated. What did they do? Did they have to go out and battle real hard? No, they just said, praise the Lord for the, mer- for the mercy of the Lord endures forever. Glory to God. They were praising from the side of victory. See, as we're praying about these things, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to pray and, or as long as it takes. Pastor didn't like a few minutes. So as long as it takes, wh- whether it's a few minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, amen. The holidays are almost here. We're going to have a little break. Amen. Let's do whatever it takes. But but we're going to take some time and pray, and we're going to just also rejoice. Well, we we don't feel like the battle's quite quite over. Guess what? Praise is a secret weapon. And when we're sitting back praising and giving God glory, He's sending out those ambushes against the the, what the enemy's doing. And he's turning things around, amen. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna praise and we're gonna pray and we're gonna just give God the glory and we're gonna thank Him for what He is doing in this nation right now. Not just the political scene, much more than that. He's getting the nation ready for revival to be poured out. Come on, that's what's on my heart tonight. Is is He's getting the na- He's doing whatever it takes to shift the nation to get ready for revival. So that men's hearts will open up, glory to God, and he can have the harvest out of America that he desires. I want to bring to my king the harvest that he desires. Woo! Let it be a sweet, sweet sound tonight as we give God the glory. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.